Welcome to the sermon podcast of Exodus Church, located in Belmont, North Carolina. For more information about our church and the many ways you can be involved, please go to our website at theexoduschurch.org or email us at info at theexoduschurch.org. So if you'll take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 1, that's where we're going to be today. Um, So while you're turning there, uh, I I just want to say thank you to the people who have served so that we can be here. Uh, particularly the guys back in the booth. Uh, They've been pulling a lot of weight the last few days with our services on the 23rd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Services on the 23rd and 24th and then this morning. Uh, So that's a lot. And then people that have been serving up here on stage, singing and and all those other things. Uh, Just want to make sure that we acknowledge them. Kids, I hope you have something to color with and to write on. Uh, And and I hope that today is a blessing to you. This is going to be about as long as two Bluey episodes, all right? So that's that's how long this is going to be. Mom, Dad, we're expecting kids to be kids today, okay? So it's fine, all right? And if any of you send me a note about a kid being loud today, I'm going to have a, a word of prayer with you, okay? So th- this is it's just a great day, Mom and Dad. We're, we're happy to be together. So I know we all have Christmas traditions that we're looking forward to today. Uh, maybe you've done them already. Maybe you got up extra early and you did all your Christmas things and you're looking forward to a nap this afternoon. Um, but all of us have Christmas traditions, things we like to eat, Things we like to do, things we like to look forward to. One of the traditions we have at our house involves the name tags on presents. And I don't know exactly when this started, um, but this started uh, a while ago where um, instead of writing the person's name like to so-and-so from so-and-so, someone in our family thought it would be a great idea to make that a riddle. And I'm the primary package a present hander outer, okay? Uh, That's my job on Christmas morning. And so um, I open up, I pick up the present and I'm looking for a name to give it to. And so then there was one that was really sweet. It was to Mr. from Mrs., okay? Which which seems really sweet and easy, except that there were three married couples. Like, who who was this for? I don't don't even know. Um, Then the one year there was uh, two Batman from Superman, Okay, that's because the boys had uh, comforters. One was Batman, one was Superman, and so that was kind of easy to understand. Uh, then when we were in our little Einstein phase, one year it was to Annie from June, and I was like, I don't know who this is. I, I, don't, I don't even know. Then uh, when Nathan was in his Auburn phase, we had one that was to War Eagle from Roll Tide. Okay, that was to Nathan from his mom. And then there was one, I, I promise this was on a tag. I'm not making this up. It said, to the cow from the cool sibling. <laughs> I'm looking at this going, I'm not even going to guess. Like, I don't even, I don't even want to do that. But, but these names, they're a type of riddle, right? They, they, they point to something that's meaningful. That's what these names on these tags are doing. They, they say something about uh, the one getting the gift, and they often say something about the one giving it. Uh, and so they're meaningful. And, and names in the Bible are, are similar. Names in the Bible are not call signs. Names are not simply a, a, an identification. They, they communicate something about that person's character, about that person's essence. And so today I want us to look at the names of Jesus here in Matthew 1. 
Uh, we're going to look at the Joseph story. We just heard uh, the, the Christmas story primarily from Luke chapter 1 and 2, uh, but we're going to be in Matthew 1 today and kind of look at this from maybe Joseph's perspective. And what we're looking for are the names of Jesus. So I'm going to read verses 18 to 25, and then I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump in together. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son... You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for the privilege of gathering today. Uh, thank you for the privilege of looking at your word. And Lord, I pray that you would open it to us, help us see it, and uh, help us savor it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so big idea today is that Jesus' names point to something meaningful, okay? Jesus' names point to something meaningful. Now, the first name we see is not a name, actually. It's a title. In verse 18, it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Now, sometimes we think Christ was Jesus' last name. That's not, not what's going on there, okay? Uh, Christ is a title. Some translations might say, uh, now the birth of Jesus the Christ took place in this way. This, this word Christ is a word, it's a title uh, associated with the idea of Messiah. And it carries all this weight of Jesus being the promised one. Jesus is the, uh, the promised one throughout the Old Testament that is promised by God throughout the Old Testament. Um, and now he is coming. The Messiah was promised and prophesied over 300 times in the Old Testament. Uh, some numbers are up in the 465 range, and I, I thought that's over 300, so I'll just stick with 300. It's over that number. La large number of prophecies, including that he would be born of a virgin, he would be born in a town called Bethlehem, and he would be part of David's family. Now, the odds of Jesus fulfilling all these prophecies are just astronomical. Um, one uh, mathematician took the time to figure out, okay, if Jesus fulfilled just eight of these, okay, if just eight of the over 300 were, were fulfilled in one person, the odds of that are one in 100 trillion. Okay, now think of it this way. That would be like taking silver dollars, which back in the day when we used coins, okay? A silver dollar is about this big. Think of covering the state of Texas two feet deep, okay? And one with silver dollars. And one of those silver dollars is marked with a red X, okay? And then you blindfold your buddy and you say, you get one pick. And they wait out in the state of Texas and somewhere near El Paso, they pick out a red silver dollar, and that's the one, okay? So th this is, it's just, 
phenomenal that Jesus would fulfill not just eight, but well over 300 prophecies. He's the Messiah. He's the promised one. Jesus fulfilled them all. And when Matthew uses this title, he's pointing to something important. He's pointing to Jesus as the promised one. Jesus is the promised, long-awaited Messiah who has come. Now, the next name we see in this passage is in verse uh, 18, and is, is Jesus, which is in verse 18, but we're going to get there. Let's look at the story, okay? Verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now think about this for a moment. Think about Mary's perspective. We read about this in Luke 1 and 2. She was minding her own business. And all of a sudden an angel comes to her and says, Hey, you're going to be a mom. And not only are you going to be a mom, all that's about to happen to you is from God. The Holy Spirit's about to do something amazing in you. She didn't ask for this. She wasn't praying for this. She wasn't looking for this. It's just that God just kind of interrupted her life. And the first thing she had to do after saying, may it be done to me as you said, she said, I'll I'll do whatever you ask of me. The next thing she gets to do is to talk to her fiance, Joseph. Now it's called, it calls uh, Mary Joseph's betrothed. Uh, now, betrothal was maybe a step above engagement, like engagement's that step you take before you get married, right? Betrothal was maybe a little bit closer to marriage, like uh, there was a, a lot of legality connected to betrothal. There was a lot of um, resources connected to betrothal. Uh, Joseph would have had to go to Mary's parent, go to Mary's dad and say, hey, I want to marry your daughter. He would have had to give uh, him a, a large sum of resources. And then Joseph would have had to go back to his house and, and start working to gather enough money to provide for his family for a whole year while building a place for them to stay and live. So there was a lot going on. And while he's doing all this, Mary comes to him and says, um, sweetie, I have something I need to tell you. I'm pregnant, and God is the ba- God is the father and the baby. God's the baby too. <laughs> and so she's having this conversation with Joseph. And can you imagine what's going on for him? I mean, he loves this woman. He's he's been working hard to provide a life with her, and now she's unfaithful and lying. She's unfaithful, lying, and blasphemous. She's unfaithful, lying, blasphemous, and mentally unstable. Like, who talks like that? Either way, man, this would have been a huge hit. And he had a few options, okay? He could have gone full Old Testament and just said, all right, we're going to stone you. Okay, you're gonna, you're, she, he could have put her to death. He could have done that. Um, he could have divorced her quietly, which is what he intends to do, it says in verse 19. But how quietly would it have been? Like, Bethlehem, I mean, his, where they lived wasn't that big. Like Nazareth and, and that area wasn't that big. And so they, people knew what was going on. So quietly is relative. And then he could marry her. And as he's rolling all that around in his brain, an angel of the Lord comes to him, it says in verse 20. It says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, 
For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And so as Joseph is rolling all that around, the Lord sends an angel to him to tell him, hey, trust me. Trust me. Follow through on with Mary. Take her as your wife, for she's telling you the truth, basically. And so when, before we get to the name of Jesus, which we're going to get to, I just love that God sends an angel to Joseph to meet him in the middle of a pretty difficult decision. I love that God sends an angel to meet Joseph when he is in the middle of a difficult decision. It reminds us of what God's like, that God knows when we're in the midst of difficulty. God knows when we're walking through hard things. God knows when we're dealing with grief and fear and anxiety and all the things that get wrapped up in our hearts, particularly around the holidays. And I know for some of us, today is a holly jolly day, and for some of us, today is a really hard day. And I want you to know, God's not forgotten you. God's not God's not forgotten what's going on in your heart today. He knows and he cares. And so in the midst of that difficulty, God sends an angel to meet with Joseph and we get another name in verse 21. It says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Now, Jesus, so this, this is his name, Jesus. Now, Jesus was a fairly common name, okay? Whatever name is common in your generation, uh, feels like there's a million Bryans in my generation. I love my name, uh, but feels like there's a lot of us. Um, and a lot of Heathers now, right? A lot of, lot of names, a lot of Nathans, a lot of names, okay? Jesus was a really common name, and it means the Lord saves, now, not just uh, Lord, like capital L and lowercase everything else. No, Lord, all caps. And Lord, all caps in the Bible is an important name. It's God's covenant name. It's his name that reminds us that God keeps his promises. And this God who keeps his promises saves. He saves his people. That's what Jesus' name means. Jesus, the name Jesus means the Lord Saves, And that gets uh, spelled out more there in verse 21. It says, for he will save his people from their sins. So this name Jesus is not only pointing to his character, it's pointing to what he's going to do. He will save his people from their sins. Now, this is really good news. And because of where we, where we live and kind of the, some cultural baggage that many of us might bring in the room, we might think that his people are good people. Yeah, he saves good people. They're, they're good people. They're just good folk. That's who Jesus saves. And if that's what you think today, I got good news for you. That's wrong. His people are not good people. In fact, if you look back up in verse two, uh, verse one, no, two of Matthew one, he mentions Abraham. Abraham, the father of the faith. We sing a song, Father Abraham. Hey, Amen, he sons. And his sons had father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. And so let's just praise the Lord. Right arm. Yeah. So Father Abraham, right? So he was not a good dude. Okay? He was not a good dude. In fact, he told his wife twice, Hey, listen, you tell them you're my sister or they'll kill me. Does that sound like a good person? No. 
because Jesus didn't come to save good people. Then you got a guy named David. Uh, he's in verse uh, 6 of Matthew 1. David was the father of Solomon. David, the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. He wrote some of the Bible. He was not a good dude. In fact, he used, he, he used his power inappropriately to, um, to, to um, mistreat. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be thoughtful for children. To mistreat a woman named Bathsheba got her pregnant, killed her husband, had her, had her husband killed? Does that sound like a good dude to you? No. No, Jesus did not come to save good people. In fact, there's only been one good person, and he came to save bad people. He came to save his people from their sins. And that's really good news for us. This baby, this baby that was going to be named Jesus, who would be born, he would grow up, he would live a perfect life, he would die a death on a cross, he would be buried in a tomb, and he would rise from the dead three days later to save his people from their sin. And that can be you today. Listen, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're here because you're a follower of Jesus. I don't know if you're here because you don't want to make waves on Christmas Day with your family. And maybe you're here uh, for that and... and you're just like, hey, can we just get through this so I can go have some ham? And I, I get it. Like, but here's what I want you to know. Like, you can know the most amazing gift in the world today. Jesus Christ died so that bad people could be forgiven. He did not die for good people. He died for bad people, sinful people, so that we could be forgiven and free. And that can be you today. That can be you today. So that's the name Jesus. Now there's another name, though. In verse 23, starting in verse 22, it says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So this name, Emmanuel, means God with us. With us, And not only is the child in Mary's womb from the Holy Spirit, that child is going to be born, will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this is a huge comfort to us. He's not just God to us, though he is. He's God. He's the one and only God that we will deal with. There is only one God, and it is him, and we will deal with him. But he's not just God to us. He's not just God for us, though he is. He's for us. He, he sent his one and only son to die so that we could belong to him. He's for us, but he's not just to us. He's not just for us. He's with us. And he's with us so much to the point that at the end of Matthew, the last words on Jesus' lips in the book of Matthew are these. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And it's more than a name. It's his character. It's his essence. So when we're facing difficult decisions like Joseph was, he's with us. When we're facing life-changing callings like Mary was, he's with us. When we're facing unimaginable grief and pain, he is with us. He is God with us. Now, you put all these names together, and you've got something really, really beautiful. He's the promised one who keeps his promises. 
He's the promised one who came to save. He's the promised one who never leaves us. He's Emmanuel born to save us. And because all that's bound up in his name, it's what it's who he is. It's not just what he does. It's not just what he's called. It's who he is. And so his name, his name tells us about him. And his names tell us about something about us too. That we need to be saved. That we need him with us. And so all that's wrapped up in his name, which brings us to our point of application, which is, is simply this. Jesus' name should matter to us because our name matters to him. Now, Jesus' name should matter to us for other reasons too, but this morning, Jesus' name should matter to us because our name matters to him. So often when we're handing out presents in our home on Christmas morning, I get confused about who the present belongs to. There is no confusion about who Jesus belongs to. There is no confusion about who Jesus belongs to. In fact, Jesus is the gift your name is written on. I was thinking about that this morning as I was finalizing my sermon for today. Isaiah 49, 16 says, Behold, I've engraved you on the palms of my hand. This was written during a time when the people of, people of God were felt forsaken. They felt forgotten. They felt like God had, had kind of left them and, 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 and forgotten about their plight. And God, through the prophet Isaiah, says to his people, No, I've engraved you on the palm of my hand. And so Jesus is the gift your name is on today. The gift that is the promised one, the gift that is the Savior, the gift that is the one who is always with us. Your name is on his hand. Your name is on his hand. And so there's no confusion over who he belongs to. He's for you. He's, he's a gift that God gave to the world for you. And so I don't know, again, I don't know what we need to hear today. Maybe you need to be reminded that he's faithful to keep his promises. Maybe you need to know for the very first time that Jesus died for your sin. Maybe you need to know today that he is God with us, that he's with you and that he's never going to leave you. But my prayer today, this is that this gift with your name written on it, that you'd receive it. We haven't gotten to presents at our house yet. They're still under the tree. Uh, we're looking forward to going home and getting back in our pajamas and getting after that. Uh, somebody asked if we can make this a pajama party. I said, I, frankly, I don't know what you wear to bed, so I, I'm not, not going to make this a pajama party. But we're looking forward to getting back in our pajamas getting after some presents today. And nobody's going to say, I don't want that one. I'll wait till next year. No, no, uh Rip and tear. Like going after it. That's my hope for us. As we think about Jesus today, that we would be so excited about receiving him, that we would welcome him, the gift God gave to us with our name written on it. Jesus, the promised one, the Savior, 
the one who's always with us. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you came, that you lived, that you died, that you rose again so that we could belong to you. And Lord, as we, as we pause this, moment, this morning in the midst of a day full of traditions and full of family things that we love to do, as we pause today to remember what you have done, Lord, I pray that you'd meet with us. I pray that you would remind us of your goodness and your greatness, the greatness of your name. And we pray this all in your name. Amen.